0: Thank you. It's been good to worship together and uh, praise the Lord. And uh, not just praise God, but to actually encourage each other with the words that we've sung. And we'll be thinking about that later on. Some good opportunities this week uh, to join in prayer. If you want to join others in prayer, Judith mentioned this uh, monthly prayer meeting on Thursday. Just half an hour, 12 at noon till half 12.00. If you're able to come to that, that'd be wonderful, that'd be great, with that? Saturday morning, it's the men's prayer breakfast, half eight till ten. That's a, a good time of fellowship and prayer. And then on Sunday morning, um, just half an hour, we pray for the persecuted church once a month. Uh, meet just uh, in the lounge and pray for those who are suffering for Christ. That's at um, half nine while ten. So opportunities, if, you, if you're able to come to one of those, that, that'd be great, with that? Let's turn to Ephesians five, if you would, in your Bibles. We're resuming this morning where we left off, leading up to Christmas. Uh, we've been going through Ephesians, this a great book, this letter of the Apostle Paul, and we've we've arrived at verse 15 of chapter five, which Naomi read. We're looking at verses 15 to 20. Ephesians five verses fifteen to twenty. And and in these verses there are f- three very clear instructions as to how we are to live out our Christian lives. First of all, we are called to redeem the time. Secondly, we are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. And thirdly, we're challenged to speak spiritual truths to one another. So first of all, we're called to redeem the time. Ephesians 5 verse 15, 3 to 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. See then, verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly. It, the word means accurately or precisely. It, it mean, it, it's telling us that we're to live carefully. We're to, we're to live out our lives with great care. We're not to live carelessly, thoughtlessly as Christians. That would be foolish. We're to live carefully as Christians. So the NIV has be very careful then. How you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. We're to be wise in the way that we live out our lives. Day by day, we're to live wisely, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil, Paul says. To redeem means to buy back. You're buying back the time. It actually also means to, to, to save something from Loss. You know, when you buy something, it's, it's, you, you, you're saving it from lost, a lost thing. So we're to rescue from loss the time that will be wasted otherwise. As Christians, we're to buy back that opportunity, the opportunities, rescue it from being wasted. The NIV has made the most of every opportunity. So God's calling us to consider how we live carefully, how we, how we live out our lives day by day. We're to make the most of the opportunities God gives us to live for him. To live for Christ, to serve Christ, to speak for Christ. Because the days are evil. We're not just adrift. We're not just to live out sort of purposeless lives. We've got a purpose in view. God's called us to be children in this evil age, this dark age. We're children of light. And so we've got to live with purpose. We've got to redeem the time. Time is precious. And that's what Paul's been reminding the readers of. Paul, time is God's time. Our time. What time? How much time have you left? You don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much time I've left. But time cannot be wasted as a Christian. Time is precious. One day a man heard God speak to him and God said, Do you know my son that a million years to you is like a minute to me? And a million pounds is just like a penny. And the man said to God, Well, could I have one of your pennies? And God said, Yeah, just a minute. (laughs) Time's precious. It's a gift from God. Somebody once put an advert in the Lost and Found section of various newspapers which said this. Lost yesterday between sunrise and sunset, one golden hour studded with 60 diamond minutes, irreplaceable, lost and found. I wonder how many golden hour bracelets have I lost through not being intentional or just wasting my time. We're called to redeem the time. Redeem it from being lost. We don't want to get legalistic in this and sort of guilt ridden oh I've got to use every minute for this. No, it's it's not that. But it's being aware that our time is actually a gift from God. Our moments are gifts from God. Our time needs to be redeemed. So we are called to redeem the time. Secondly, we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine. In which is excess, dissipation or excess but be filled with the Spirit and that is a command, it's a directive this is an, it's an imperative verb we are commanded to be filled with the Spirit and this is actually for every Christian isn't it it's not just for a few and it's not just for special occasions this is to everyone For every situation, be filled with the Spirit. You can see that from the contrast that Paul uses. In the first part of the verse, it's a negative contrast. You see verse 18? says, do not be drunk with wine, in which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Clearly the first part about not being drunk with wine applies to everybody. He's not just saying young people don't be drunk with wine. He's not just saying missionaries don't be drunk with wine. He's not just saying don't, on a Sunday don't be drunk with wine. He's saying don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the Spirit at all times, in all situations, for all circumstances. There is a danger, I think, that we sometimes think of this filling with the Spirit as being just for a select few or for certain situations. But just as not, as, as not one of us should get drunk at any time so every one of us is to be filled with the Holy Spirit at all times. It's a command to every Christian. In every situation we face, God wants you to be filled with the Spirit. God wants you to, to know that fullness, me, I need that, I need to be filled with the spirit in my daily work, in my meetings with people, in, in my relationships, in every area of our lives and it's an ongoing thing isn't it, That it's, it, it's every minute of the day, every moment of the day, it's brought out by the tense of the verb in the command, be filled it could literally be translated, be filled with the Spirit now and keep on being filled. Don't, don't, it's not just a one-off. It's a present, continuous command to be filled with the Spirit. So it's to be ongoing. That, that, that's why I need, I don't, I'm sure it's true for you as well, I need to constantly search my heart. I need to be constantly asking God other things in my life that is stopping the Holy Spirit filling my life. That's what because it's got to be ongoing. We we've got to have that regular infilling of the Spirit and experience that goes on. So, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? I think it's probably helpful to go back to that comparison that Paul uses in a negative sense of being drunk with wine, to be drunk with wine means to be under the influence of alcohol, to be controlled by that alcohol when you're drunk, the alcohol masters you, I'm not speaking from experience here the, 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 the alcohol it masters you, it controls you it, it gets into the bloodstream, it, it controls your mind, what you think, how you, how you react what you say how much more with the Holy Spirit, when he fills us, controls us. That's really what the filling of the Spirit is. It's, it's being controlled by the Spirit. Under his control, under his influence. So that the Holy Spirit's being allowed to work through my thoughts, work through my words, work through my actions. is, is actually in control. I'm yielded to him. That that's the issue about being filled with the Spirit. It's not how much more can I get of the Holy Spirit. It's how much more can He get of me. So the more you yield and I yield to the Holy Spirit's control and His mastery, then I will be filled with Him more. Some people, I suppose we've all like. I, I mean, I like a shortcut in this. Sometimes I thought, oh, I just I, I just want this amazing experience, and and but actually. There aren't any shortcuts in this. I think I've shared before about the two hairdressers in the same street who were in competition with each other and one day one of them put up a poster which said special offer, haircuts two pound, cheapest in the country. The next day the hairdresser down the road put up a poster which said we fix two pound haircuts. Right. <laughs> but people are looking for quick fixes. Christians, you know, we're no different. But there are no quick fixes to this. No shortcuts to being filled with the Spirit. I can't have that without yieldedness. I can't have the filling of the Spirit without being surrendered to Him, without allowing Him to be my Master and my Lord. And so the Holy Spirit, when He fills us, He actually directs us, he leads us, he helps us, he empowers us, he helps us in our thinking, even in our habits, even in the things that we're used to doing. Every part of our lives, our appetites, our passions, our plans, you know, our money, our spending, our savings, our investments, whatever it is what we watch on television, on the internet, or anything like that, the Holy Spirit needs to be in control, guiding us and leading us. He's a holy, 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 holy Spirit. So, being filled with the Spirit means that actually I would become more holy in my life. So does he have access to the parts of your life that maybe you're holding back? maybe we'd struggle with. The Holy Spirit wants to be in control of that. That's the secret to real joy. It really is, isn't it? We think of mastery as something, oh, I don't, know, I don't have experienced that. That sounds heavy. Actually, the more I give to the Holy Spirit, the more the Holy Spirit is my master, the greater joy you experience, the more beautiful your intimacy with God, the more wonderful it is to be a Christian. Because there is such, such pleasure in being close to God. In the presence of God, there's pleasures forevermore. Thinking of that Haman, I often quote this, Trust and Obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of the word, what a glory he sheds on the way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. So there's blessing in obedience. And the, the, another verse says, we, we never can prove the delights of his love, until all on the altar we lay. For the favour he shows, for the joy he bestows, are for them who will trust and obey. So there is real joy and pleasure and delight in actually surrendering to the Holy Spirit, to his filling. So we're called to redeem the time. We're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. And thirdly, we are challenged in this passage to speak spiritual truths to one another. If you look at verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing. And making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now one of the, I think what, one, of those things it's tell, one of the things it's encouraging us is. Is that we are to sing. And I'll talk about that in a bit more later on. We're to sing. But especially talking about we are to say words as well, to speak words. Speak words, speak spiritual truths to one another and even sing words of truth to each other and encourage each other through that. Now I don't think that that means that when you're in the lounge you suddenly burst into song to each other. (laughs) You want a cup of tea or whatever it is. I, I, I I think it really is Talking about fellowship when we're singing like that. In fact, some of our songs are sung to each other, aren't they? There's an, an element of that. You know, come. Now is the time to worship. Who are we speaking to? Well, we speak to each other. Come, now is the time to give Him your all. Um, as Jotting through down some of the things. Come, people of the risen King. We're going to sing that at the end. Come, people of the risen King who delight to bring him praise. Come out all and tune your hearts to sing to the morning star of grace. There's a lot of praise in that, but actually, we're singing to each other and we're encouraging each other in songs. Some of our words, some of the songs are the words. Some of the words of the songs are like that. In fact, even even the lovely hymns of praise, I was thinking of that hymn in this time of desperation. Um, we affirm we believe in God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, and so on and we 're singing to God, but we 're actually affirming truth together. it builds you up. words of songs are actually very, very instructive and helpful and and they, they, they you go away, yeah, this is great is this in fact that 's how the old hymns that 's how people t- were taught in the in, in, in the old days wasn 't it Uh, when people couldn't read the Bible or the Bible wasn't available, they taught through the truths of the hymns. But I think this challenge in verse 19 is more than just a challenge to sing words of truth to each other. It's also a challenge to speak words of truth to each other and encourage each other. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns spiritual songs do do you do that I wonder do we do that I think it ties in with our our text for the new year taken from Hebrews 10 24 25 says let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds encouraging one another how can we encourage each other Well, by speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And and I'm going to use the term spiritual truth, speaking truths to each other. Now, you might think, or somebody might be thinking, well that sounds a bit super spiritual. Are we meant to quote verses to one another? Are we meant to quote psalms to each other? Are we supposed to read songs to each other? Well, before I answer that, let me just give a little background. I've, I've actually done a bit of a study on this. I've been doing this over recent months, actually. I've been thinking about one-to-ones and how, we can, how one-to-ones can be developed and what, what do you do when you read one-to-one or you talk one-to-one spiritually. I've been really surprised by the emphasis that scripture gives to believers speaking to one another, talking to one another, the words of truth, the words of God's word. In fact, that's what Joel promised would happen in this era of the spirit. Peter um, picked up on this in Acts chapter 2 the Apostle Peter. Acts chapter 2 verse 16 he quotes Joel and uh, chapter 2 verse 16 says this but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel and it shall come to pass in the last days says God that I will pour out my spirit, that's sort of filling of the spirit i will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams and on my men servants and on my maid servants i will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy and so what that, what that's saying is that in this new testament time so, in this era of the Spirit, it will be characterized by all of God's people prophesying. All of God's people speaking God's word. The young, the old, the men servants, the maid servants, everyone actually sharing God's word, speaking out God's word. And there's, there's a constant stream I've found in, in Scripture of, of references that exhort that and and encourage us to do that. Just the ordinary Christian, to the ordinary Christian, the word is, speak out the words of truth to each other. So, Ephesians 5.19, we've looked at that, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16, this is a, a parallel verse to that Ephesians 1. So Ephesians three sixteen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So the point there is that all the Christians at Colossae were engaged in this. He was confident, Paul was confident that all the Christians at Colossae were engaged in this speaking to one another, teaching one another, encouraging one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's not just a pastor who's to do this. And it's not just the Bible teachers. It's everybody. We're all to do it and then ephesians 5 verse 15 i'd uh, got the wrong end of the stick i've had the wrong end of the stick for this verse for a long time ephesians 4 so ephesians 4 verse 15 says but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head christ and i've always sort of tied that in with speaking the truth in the sense of not lying so we've got to be truthful with each other but the context is actually that of building each other up with truth in other words with with the truth of God's word and so the exhortation there is we are to build each other up by speaking truth to one another speaking spiritual truths and we're to do it in love so it's more than just telling the truth and not lies. It's actually speaking spiritual truth to one another. Uh, Romans 15. Just show you one or two other scriptures on this. Romans 15, verse 14. You turn with me to that. Romans 15, verse 14. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren. That you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. The NIV has competent to instruct one another. So Paul was confident that all the Christians here in, the, in Rome were actually instructing one another. Sharing, talking, putting spiritual truth to each other. Titus, one more, Titus chapter 3 this is for the older ladies now Titus 3 I won't decide who that applies to but you can decide Titus chapter 2 chapter 2 verse 3 and 5 3 to 5 so the older women likewise that they be reverent in behaviour not slanderers, not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. Yeah? Teachers of good things. That they admonish, teach the younger women to love their husbands. To love their children. To be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands. That the word of God may not be blasphemed. So the older women are there, are, are exhorted to be teachers of the, to the younger women to encourage them how to live out their Christian lives in their home, among the family. So, and, and there are other scriptures. All the way through, there's this emphasis on Christians sharing with other Christians. God's word. Uh, Martin Luther put it like this. Very forthright, typical, when he said, the ministry of the word belongs to all. The exercise of the ministry of the word belongs to all Christians. So, how are you doing in this? How how does it affect us? Is it something that we, we do together, as we share together? Somebody might think, well, that's all very good, it sounds okay. But I really don't know enough scripture off by heart to sort of share a scripture with someone. I don't think it means that, actually, necessarily. I think you can share truth without referring to the Bible. You can share spiritual truth without quoting a verse. might be just sharing with somebody that actually that you've been struggling with something, and yeah, God's helped you in that, and God's really blessed you and, and and you're encouraging each other with that. might be just sending a text of encouragement. It might just be over a cup of tea just. So, so sharing is something that God's spoken to you about and blessed you with could happen while you're washing up with the kids around you, you know, your feet running around, and, and you're just sharing a little bit of wisdom with them from, from, God, from that, that God's taught you about. Might be writing a note to a Christian friend, an encouraging note, speaking God's word to one another can happen in all sorts of situations. And actually, that is God's way for you and me to grow. This is, this is God's pattern. If, we, if we're not doing this, then we're actually missing out. This is the will of God. God's word says, look, you, we need to be doing this. We need to be developing this and encouraging this. How we bring encouragement and how we speak our, these words of truth will depend on our personality, our situation, our circumstances. I was reading a, a book called, I don't know if you may have, somebody may have heard of The Trellis and the Vine. Very good book. I think it's Colin Chapman who's written it. Um, and, and he gives a list of various examples of how that might take place. And I was, uh, I've sort of adapted it. So for example, I'll use names, uh, not thinking of anybody particular. So how, how would this work out in practice? Well, here's Sarah. And Sarah's got a young son having problems at school, and as they talk about it, at night, before he goes to bed, she reassures him that God is stronger and that God is more faithful, even than his best friend. That's it. Sharing truth. Here's Stuart. He chats to George after church, shares with him how encouraged he was by a particular verse that was referred to in the the sermon or that he read the day before. Here's Felix and John. They meet up for a coffee. And in amongst the conversation of football and the films they've watched and all that sort of thing. One of them says how thankful he is that God's blessed him in a particular way. Maybe an answer to prayer. And that prompts the other one to share, well actually yeah, God's blessed me in this as well. So here's Alison concerned about a friend Debbie who struggles with anxiety and has missed church a couple of Sundays. So she sends a text or an email asking how she is, saying that she's missed her and offers a bit of encouragement, maybe adds a verse or two that has blessed her. Here's Jim and Jim goes to a midweek group and he makes sure that he's read the study and thought about the study beforehand and he prays that God will give him something helpful to share and encouraging to share to the group. Here's Eileen. She's quite elderly. She's unsteady on her feet. and She finds it hard to get out but she phones a friend, Jean, up once or twice a week and talks to her about the passage that she's read that morning and prays with a friend over the phone. And here's Satia and Christopher and they take it in turns to read with their two young children from the children's Bible at night and pray with them and pray for them. Just simple examples of how we can speak truth and encourage each other. It can happen at home, at work, over the garden fence, it can happen over coffee, it can happen in the lounge, it can happen anywhere. Just natural ways to build each other up and encourage each other. The New Testament envisages that all Christians do this. This should be normal. This should be my my normal practice. Actually, this is one way, you know, friends, that we can all be involved with the Great Commission. Because the Great Commission is to make disciples, to help people become better followers of Jesus. And just by a word of encouragement or a word of truth or a, a, a sharing something that has blessed you, an answer to prayer or anything like that, just in your normal conversations, that becomes part of the Great Commission. You're helping to build disciples, to make disciples. And it's a blessing. And one of the best ways for that to happen, I think, is when we meet together in our small groups. I just want to finish with Hebrews 10. Go back to the verse, verses where we get our text for this year. Hebrews 10 24 25. Reading it in the NIV. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We're exhorted to meet together, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, and the reason for that is to encourage one another. So the kind of meeting here that has been talked about seems to be one that allows for sort of mutual encouragement, sharing together. So it's not talking about coming into a big service like this, where you can sort of sneak in and then sneak out. It's not, it's not talking about that. It's talking about the kind of meeting where you actually interact and you share and you're able to encourage each other. God wants us to be able to meet together where we actually encourage each other and share with one another and exhort one another to press on. I, I'm a great believer in preaching like this. But I'm under no illusions that preaching is enough in the life of a believer. It's not. Because the New Testament calls us again and again to a kind of mutual ministry where we're actually building each other up. One of the best ways for that to happen is one of our come to a smaller group. And that's why I've, I've put in within the list, within your bulletin, a list of all the different groups that we have at church. Some are growth groups, some are discipleship groups, some are prayer groups. So that you can see what's going on. And if you don't come to a midweek group, a small group, then I would encourage you and urge you to come and be part of that. Be part of one. Just in, in that verse, verse 25, Hebrews ten, twenty-five, you see there's a danger, there's a warning about a the danger there of falling into a bad habit. It says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So it's, it's talking about meeting together to encourage one another. It's saying some have stopped doing it and it's become a habit. Not gathering together for mutual encouragement can be habit forming. So I just want you to ask yourself, are you in the habit of only coming to more or less, if you like, anonymous meetings, larger meetings. Are you in the habit of just doing that? And, and are you comfortable doing that? Is that the pattern of your life? You've, you're sort of comfortable just, just coming to a meeting like this, but not actually sharing, not actually building each other up, being in a place where you can stir each other up. And if the answer's yes, you've become comfortable then I'd encourage you and exhort you to get out of a bad habit and resolve with God's help to strengthen that habit of meeting together where you can be built up, where you can be encouraged, where you can exhort each other and pray with each other and grow like that. And that's where our groups come in, our our small groups and our midweek groups. They are great. They're good places. They're part of God's will, I believe, in every church to help us grow as Christians and to use the gifts that God's given us. Let me finish with a a well-known illustration. A country minister went to visit a man who drifted away from church. and Whenever he was given an invitation, this man always had an excuse for not going And the minister called at the house. The man wasn't a man of many words. And after a brief greeting, the two just sat sat gazing at the open fire. And after a little while, the minister went over to the fire. And with the tongs, he picked up a glowing coal from the open fire. And he placed it on the hearth by itself. And he went and sat down. And they both watched as the coal quickly cooled off and lost its heat and lost its colour. And then after a while, the minister got up again, went over and picked up that coal and he put it back onto the fire. And they watched as it quickly returned, that colour quickly returned and the glow came. And the minister simply got up and said, It would be good to see you on Sunday. And the man said, I've got your point. I'll be there. We are living calls. We, We burn brightest when we're moving together, when we're working together, when we're encouraging each other, when we're in fellowship, when we're exhorting each other, when we're sharing truths with each other. We need each other. So let's not give up meeting together. In any way. Let's encourage one another. Let's use our fellowship. Let's be rich in our fellowship. And all the more. As we see that day approaching. Let's pray. Our Father God we thank you for your word. We thank you Lord that you speak through it. Very clearly, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us the time that we have as a gift, Lord. And we want to redeem that time, we want to use the opportunities you give us, Lord. We don't want to be wasteful, Lord. We don't want to get into a, a, a bad habits and or bad habits of, of, of wasting our time and just frittering away our time. Help us, Lord, we pray, to be wise in that. Not to to get under any, um, have sort of, uh, be guilty and have a bad guilt about about things, but help us to naturally look out for the the ways that we can serve you and use our time to glorify you and and, and please you. We want to be filled with your spirit, Lord, we need that. Help us, we pray, to be yielded, to the Holy Spirit, to his beautiful control. We want him to guide us, our thinking, our thoughts, our words, our actions, and all that we do. Fill us again, Lord, Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray as well that you'd help us to learn how to speak spiritual truths to each other, to speak words of encouragement, Lord it might seem strange at times we know that and if we're not used to doing that but we know Lord we'll get used to it and you'll help us with that. So help us to naturally build each other up and not be embarrassed by sharing things that God's doing in our lives and sharing scripture that God's spoken to us with and sharing things from our quiet times maybe or from the sermon or whatever it is Lord help us to be encouragers help us to look out for people who need encouragement. Help us to be on the alert, Lord. Thank you for making us part of a fellowship and we want to build each other up. So, Lord, thank you. Hear our prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the when we sing, I'd like the prayer team to come forward and maybe that God just would have you be prayed for. And um, that video was very powerful, wasn't it, of, of, of Joni Erickson? some of going through things where, where you need just prayer, you need the encouragement, or just to share with someone and they'll pray for you, ask the prayer team to come forward. And we're going to sing a, a song which is one that we sing to each other in a way, um, which I mentioned before, Come Children of the Risen King, and... Uh, Come people of the risen king who delight to bring him praise come all and tune your hearts to sing to the morning star of grace and then the chorus is rejoice rejoice we're singing to each other let's do that let's encourage each other as we sing what? What? Shall we uh, pray for each other in the words of the grace, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you, and uh, stay behind if you're able. To.